everyone. Welcome back to Central American Voices. I'm your host, Alejandra Quiroz. Gracias por sintonizarnos una vez más. Today we're talking with Katherine Villeda Najera. Katherine is an Honduran New Yorker. She's a strategist consultant, founder of the Manos con Amor, a nonprofit organization. She also conducts courses for businesses owners with Empower with Cat and leads mindfulness classes at Liberate Studio to strengthen your relationship to yourself and others. So I'm so happy to have you here, Kat. This is one of the episodes that like I feel like we have been waiting for so long. I talked with Kat really like months ago, and Kat was actually the one who started, you know, and we both started planning this series about mental health. So like for me, it's a pleasure to have you here in the show. Yes, Alejandra, I'm so excited to be here. I know that We've started brainstorming about this months ago and just for it to finally mm -hmm. be happening. It's so exciting. So thank you for having me. No, thank you for, you know, taking your time and coming to talk, you know, about mental health. So I was just going straight to the questions we're going to start. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you is basically, you know, like I said, this whole series have talked about the importance of mental health, how is you to treat it with our family, how to talk about it, how to make, you know, more, make it more accessible, but how can we advocate for mental health within our families and social groups? So I think within our families and social groups, that's two different directions that we could take it. So I'm going to focus mm -hmm. on family first. With family, we have to understand that a lot of our parents are coming from mm -hmm. a different background. A lot of them were born and raised in their native countries and have a different mm -hmm. relationship when it comes to mental health. And I think it's important that when we are addressing them, we are very conscious mm -hmm. of the way that they grew up and we don't mm -hmm. try to, we have to be mindful that we don't shame them or make them feel like, oh, you didn't mm -hmm. prioritize this and you're wrong for that. And I think mm -hmm. that's the way that a lot of people approach it at first. They come off as mm -hmm. saying, oh, mom or dad, why didn't you make mental health a big deal? And automatically, mm -hmm. when you do that, people are obviously going to be defensive. And so it's so mm -hmm. important to come from this at in a vulnerable place and be very humble about it and say, hey, I'm learning that. X, Y, Z is important in mental health, right? So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm learning that it's important to have conversations with my family about what is going on in my mind, because otherwise, mm -hmm. so-and-so will happen to me, you know, otherwise I might be more mm -hmm. depressed or I might suffer from anxiety alone. And I want to share this with you all because you are my family. So if you notice, mm -hmm. I'll call out specifically what we did. We made sure that we made it about ourselves as opposed to pointing it to mm -hmm. them right away. We made sure that we weren't shaming them. We made sure that we said why it was important to us, but also we talked about the benefits. So I think those four mm -hmm. key areas mm -hmm. are crucial when addressing this because we can't mm -hmm. automatically say, we think you should go to therapy. Because parents are going to be like, wait, 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 excuse me, what? What are you saying? You know? So mm -hmm. think of mm -hmm. step back and say, why is it beneficial to you? And lead by example, as opposed to pushing our parents and our families in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that is so 
like important and like how you break it down because like I said, you know, our parents come with different backgrounds and even with when we divide each parent, each parent has different type of like experience. Maybe one parent had like more trauma than the other, more like experience on top of like, you know, depression than the other. So like, I feel like coming from the place and this, this is, I'm actually learning, like, you know, because it's easy for a person um, as a family member to tell you, you should go get treated. You know, you should go find a therapist rather than coming and see like, you know, I feel like it will be beneficial, you know, for, for everyone to have this conversation, to get treated, you know, and I, I don't know, like the, the way you describe it, it makes more sense and more appealing for someone to actually go to seek help and go to the journey of healing rather than just telling someone go do it because now they're intimidating and now they're going to feel like you might be thinking something about them that, it, that they didn't know. Does that mean? Yeah. Yes, I agree. And mm -hmm. I think also, especially in the Latinx community, a lot of mm -hmm. people feel like going to seek health, help, sorry, means that mm -hmm. you're weak. And you have to start disassociating weakness mm -hmm. with seeking help. And I think that's why a lot of people say no right away. So I think mm -hmm. saying, you know, the more that I have learned about this, the more I mm -hmm. have understood that seeking help means that I'm very confident in knowing that I need someone else to guide me, you know, and I think that mm -hmm. makes you I think it just, when we put it that way, when we say that mm -hmm. seeking help is something powerful as opposed to something that makes us weak, it makes mm -hmm. people start see that in a different light. And I think that's mm -hmm. what Latinx older generations are sometimes scared of. They're scared of being embarrassed or seen as weak, or sometimes they just brush it off and they're like, it's not mm -hmm. a big deal. I'll get over it. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. why when we phrase it, we can make it seem like you have to go to a therapist because this is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. You have to be very like chill about it. You know, a therapist helps mm -hmm. every single person. There's not one person who wouldn't benefit from seeing a therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And then when, when we talk about, you know, and this is a very important point that you make too, um, it's about when people minimize the fact that they, you know, they should get through it. You know, when they, I'll get over it. It's not to happen. You know, se va a pasar. Es solo de un ratito. You know, like when we minimize it, and I feel like in our community, we tend to do that a lot. You know, like we, especially one of the points, like it's like an example that we say, like for males, identifier, you know, like the, the male figures, um, sometimes they feel that, seeking help is weakness and like for them you know their masculinity you know what i mean like for them i don't know that's there's always i have thought about it when you ask them like oh te ni siquiera te puedes preguntar cómo te sientes bien because they react like what you know what i mean like it's a reaction that they have um i see this like in, in one side of my family where like most of my family are like mostly male males and so when having that approach of just sending someone right, like right straight to it, you know, like oh, deberías ir al terapista, you know, is less for them to take the step rather than having the conversation, especially 
to those that might be more close-minded. Even if we don't use the word help and we phrase it a different way and we say, hey, go get a different perspective on this. Even that automatically, I think, lowers their defensive mechanisms. Even if we think about it and say, because at the end of the day, we're selling an idea or we're selling something. Everything that we do in one way or another. So if you say, hey, go to therapy, that's not attractive to people. That's not something, especially in the Latinx community. I'm talking about specifically that they're going to be like, yes, I'm so excited. That sounds like such a cool time. No, right? So instead, phrasing it in a different way and saying, hey, how would you feel if all of a sudden that thing that happened two years ago doesn't bother you? How would you love to be less stressed? How would you love to feel less angry all the time? Like you start selling the feeling because that's what people buy. Think about skincare. You don't buy all the ingredients that are in skincare. That's not what you're buying. You're buying the idea of clear skin. Same thing with yep. therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, that that is actually really good. Like example that I, I didn't think about it. Like, you know, you actually, when you telling someone, you shouldn't be telling like the action, but rather the, the idea that will come after that, you know, after them taking a step after you, you know, going to, like I said, skincare. I use skincare for everything. So like, that was really good. But like, they understood my, I was like, yay, <laughs> you know, no wrinkles. <laughs> it's sunscreen and all that. But yeah. And then one, another one that I, I wanted to ask was about like the social groups, like, or friends. Um, I tend to see a lot of people like, you know, sometimes we, and it's true, we don't know what the other person is going through. They might have the smile on their face, but we don't know what they're going through. Um, and sometimes it's hard to say like, you know, I feel like a simple, are you okay? Sometimes we'll break someone. Does that make sense? Like we'll break and steer. And I will put you like in an example, really, like really small. I used to have like this coworker at work. And one time I asked him like, are you okay? Because he was always happy. And that day I just saw him a little bit more like sad, you know? So like, I just asked him like, are you okay? But later I got in trouble. You know, because he went to ask the manager, like, do I look different? But then I mean, I was like, for me, it was like, you know, asking just, are, are you okay for me? was just a sign to ask him, like, is anything was going on around him, you know? But like I said, some people want my break into tears that could happen or will actually be open to tell you. Um, so within the social groups, your friend, your coworkers, how, you know, how can we start the conversation of mental health without feeling like you know within the your social group doesn't matter it's like at work your friends you know church or groups that you attend how can you start the conversation of mental health if it's starting from yourself to start having the conversation how can you be more open and instead of just having a wall that you just don't want nobody to know what is going through or or if in the other case how can you start helping the person you know, to kind of like, ¿cómo se llama? Quebrar la, la pared. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to helping other people, mm-hmm. it, it really has to, first of all, come from mm-hmm. a good place. Like, it's, mm-hmm. and I say that because sometimes we want to be, 
very involved in other people's life Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it has to come from a genuine place first. And if it is coming Mm -hmm. from a genuine place, understanding that you can expect other people to be vulnerable if you're not going to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. with them. So first Mm -hmm. you have to come from a place of opening up because once you open up to someone and you're more vulnerable with someone, you start creating a safe space. Otherwise, you're mm-hmm. just trying to force someone to open up, but they're not necessarily mm-hmm. feeling in the safe space because why should they open up if you haven't opened up? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think it's just managing that expectation first. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like, you know, if you have if you haven't had the connection, well, not even a connection, like la, being vulnerable between each other, when you come with good intention to help your friend, you will be no well you'll open up more rather than just trying to help someone that you don't have the connection or don't have you know or you only spend an hour you know a day from every time you know yes and i think you know oftentimes we just want to get Mm -hmm. a reaction from someone or we want them to Mm -hmm. be like yes like you know what you're right but Mm -hmm. they don't owe you that you know so we have Mm -hmm. to kind of like get off our high horse and put our ego aside Mm -hmm. and really focus on like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to share my experience, what Mm I am going through. Then if the other person decides to share that with me, that is completely up to them. And even if they don't share, that doesn't mean that what you said doesn't resonate with them. And maybe they don't get it right away, but you don't know if like a week, a month, even a year later, they're going to think back to that mm-hmm. conversation and it made an impact. So always start from mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm going to like Definitely. Um, one of the things is that, you know, as we continue talking about this and, you know, like having the connection, the one like different from, you know, your fa- how you should approach your family and then your friends, your social group, your coworkers. Um, we know that each individual struggling with mental health is different. You know, like, like, I, like I'll tell you, you know, like some of them will be more vulnerable to tell you, others will be not. Even of course, if you don't have like the, como se llama, la of being comfortable with each other to tell them, you know, because still, is I know it's like everybody will be like, oh, it's 2021. We should be more open about it. But this is why we have in this conversation because it's not as easy to go and talk to someone and say, does that make sense? If you don't feel the other person would understand you. Um, but how can everyone, how, I know like there's different cases and there's some more, be more complex than others, but how can they start the first step? I think the first step with everyone, no matter what is going on in their life or what phase in life they're in, is to reflect internally. And I think we Mm -hmm. oversee that a lot and we push it off to the side and we focus only on therapy or we focus on (sighs) classes like yoga classes, Mm -hmm. right? But it all has to come from within. And I think that's where... Mm -hmm people need to really take time alone Mm -hmm. without distractions, without other people telling you what to do and just really think about where am I right now in life? What is something that is making me happy? 
What makes me sad? What makes me angry? Mm. What am I scared about? What do I worry about at nighttime? You know, and ask themselves these questions and then ask themselves, okay, am I who I want to be? Is there a part of me that I think needs to be different? Is there a part of me that I want to work on? Is there a part of me Mm -hmm. that I don't like? What's the part of me that I do love? Where Mm -hmm. do I want to be a year from now, five years from now? Mm -hmm. What kind of example do I want to be to my parents, my children, my friends, my family, my coworkers? You know, it's Mm -hmm. only when we start asking ourselves those questions that we start realizing, okay, maybe... I need to talk to someone else. Maybe I started off with just a friend and I share these thoughts or feelings. Maybe I feel confident enough to go seek Mm -hmm. out a therapist. Or maybe I'm not ready for therapy right now, but let me journal about these feelings a little bit more and start there. I think we focus all the time on just jumping to a therapist. But like we said, that's not the easiest Mm -hmm. thing for everyone. And that's why mm-hmm. that can't be the only solution that we're pushing. We have to understand that people are going to be comfortable with different things. So the one mm-hmm. thing that everyone can do no matter what is just sit with themselves and reflect. Yeah, definitely. I think like I, I usually say this on the show and I probably listeners get tired of me saying it. <laughs> I also say like, you know, we also like do like an auto you know, evaluation of herself. And in this case, how you describe it, you know, this time you're not evaluating why, like, aspect of your belief or aspect how you're treating other people. This is like evaluation of yourself, you know, because for you, instead of, you know, like, instead of you coming to another person and be like, what do you, what thing do you think I'm wrong? Like, you know, like, what do you think I have or, how do you think I, I should feel instead of having those questions um, to ask to other person for them to have the answer you should first start looking the answer within yourself, you know, like, um, like you said, take your time, just sit by yourself. And in the moment when you start thinking about it, you become to know like, Oh, you know, like, so this did affect me and I didn't notice, you know, how this made me feel or what is, what I'm doing is wrong. And I don't want to keep doing that. You know, like what is the reason why I'm acting this way towards my family, my partner, you know, like what is the, you know, like, I feel like emotions personally for me are the most easy for me to kind of like evaluate, like, okay, why did I reply like that to my mom? What was the reason why, like, like I raised a little bit of the voice, you know, or what was the reason why I just, you know, when someone, um, I don't know, approached me, what is like the first reason for me is like just to act with like puños, you know what I mean? Uh, what is, um, what is the reason behind it? And then I feel like taking a little bit of a step. I know it's it's like random, maybe little things, but those little things, if you start to think about, you know, 
oh, you know, like, you how you said, like, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you mad? What this makes you uncomfortable? What makes you, you know, be more at peace and be more happy? What is, in what place you feel at, the, at your fullest? What is the place that makes you feel like, you know, happy and que puedes hacer and what place you actually feel you don't want to be there that you feel like in a box so having those conversations first with yourself i think it's a really good idea i didn't until you were talking i was like yeah i had those instances when i talked to myself and probably i think like you know lo mismo de la stigma that i think i'm crazy talking to myself but i think is is have brought me to understand more about my feelings and understand my reactions to others Here's the thing. We live mm-hmm. in a world full of distractions. We are distracted mm-hmm. 24-7. If it's not by social media, it's by TV. If it's not by TV, it's about the conversation that's happening in the other room. If not, it's by mm-hmm. anything and everything. So even something like taking time is something that people don't think about. Not everyone thinks about mm-hmm. just taking time completely alone. No distractions, phone away, laptop away, everything off and just asking ourselves those questions. But I think that's part of it. And to your point, sitting down and asking why you acted a certain way or why you felt a certain mm-hmm. way is so important because oftentimes people like to blame external factors for everything. But mm-hmm. first, look at yourself. If something triggered you, Why did it trigger you? Mm-hmm. Try to do some digging, you know, and get very mm-hmm. uncomfortable with yourself. But the more uncomfortable you get, it's the more that you're learning. You, Alejandra, mm-hmm. are not the same person that you were 10, 20 years ago. You're yeah. a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Even Alejandra from one mm-hmm. year ago. You know, so we constantly have to rediscover who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I... I really really like the point of view uh, of you know how you explained that we should like take a time to take that um especially like in a quiet space you know no distractions um maybe even in the shower i don't know i'll say that because i live in a very small apartment with my family and the shower sometimes i i just go in the shower and for me that's like you know don't me relajo. yeah i can have like bubbles like bath and all that but like sometimes the what the sound of the water And if I just sit down and I just started thinking the sound of the water for me is like, is my quiet space. Does that make sense? So that's when yeah. I personally do most of my like reflection or like, why should I do like, what am I doing? What is like, what should I be doing? You know, like that's what I'm questioning everything. So I think that taking time for you to talk, I think is, um, I, I probably would write it in my journal and be like, <laughs> Catherine told me that I should be doing it more because sometimes, you know, yeah, I could tell you right now, like yeah, I had those instances, but sometimes it takes me a long time for me to come back and reflect and keep reflecting on myself. And that's why we have to be intentional, right? Because it's very mm-hmm. easy to be like, yeah, everyone, you talk with this about anyone, anyone will agree. Yeah, reflecting is important. Sure. But mm-hmm. how many people actually do it and being so mm-hmm. intentional and even if it's 30 minutes, putting an alarm for 30 minutes and putting your phone in the closet, whatever, under your bed and for 30 minutes mm-hmm. sitting by yourself reflecting and do that. If not on the weekly basis, do it on a monthly basis. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also meditation. I think I, I, one of the things I started doing more was meditation just because I tend to stress a lot and meditation have led me to like, that was the first time I felt like, Oh my God, I can't relax, you know? Um, so that's when, when you said like, you know, put it on the time. That's when I started more. It probably was like six months ago, honestly, when I started like meditating and like reflecting, but not that, como te digo, no lo hacía like tan constantemente. It was like, cuando me acordaba. <laughs> and then like, now that you told me, yeah, you have to be intentional in order to know, like to start your path to healing because it is a long path, you know, and not, you know, it can be very rough uh, sometimes. Um, but, you know, if every, if we can start with that, as like the first step, I think is a really like good step and a good, ¿cómo se llama? like you will start with a good direction where you want to head. Because if we don't, ha if we don't know where we actually want to, you know, we, if we don't know ourselves, how we're going to know what way we want to go. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that, like I said, and I think we have talked in this um, series is about the therapy part, right? The people are like, Therapy, 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 and how, you know, ¿cómo se llama? Da miedo sometimes to even think about going to therapy. Um, and how there's actually more activities and, you know, like I said, even just self-reflection um, is a good way for, for you to start, you know, your first step. But what are some other activities that people might not see as taking care of mental health rather than just usual therapy? And the one that you just mentioned. Yeah, so definitely meditation like you mentioned is mm -hmm. a great way to take care of your mental health because you're taking time again to disconnect but also you're just focusing on your breath and there's nothing that grounds you more than just breathing mm -hmm. you know and slowing down and being conscious of your body so i think meditation is a huge one journaling like you said too you said that you journal it's a mm -hmm. huge help because sometimes you start writing and you don't even realize what's like you're writing down. It just comes out of you naturally. And I think with journaling, especially if you have prompts, that's really useful mm -hmm. because then you don't have to think, Oh, what should I journal about? You'll just see the prompt mm -hmm. and you'll write it out. And then movement, right? Whether that's some form of yoga or gentle stretching and connecting with our body Connecting with our body and doing some sort of movement is going to release endorphins. And endorphins are so good for our mental health. So I think those are other mm -hmm. ways that you can take care of your mental health without necessarily going to a therapist. And which is why I became a liberate leader. And, you know, mm -hmm. you and I, before we started recording this episode, we spoke about it a little bit, but liberate tries to encompass all of that where we set our mm -hmm. intentions for the class and we talk about okay what do you need in this class do you need to let go of anxiety or stress and what do you want to call in do you need more mm -hmm. love in your life do you need just more peace in your life what do you need in these next 30 minutes 60 minutes and then we go into some form of movement whether that's yoga or gentle stretching And from there, mm -hmm. we go through a journal prompt, depending on what you need, whether that's getting more grateful, getting more confident, mm -hmm. becoming more resilient, or even something like being more present. And then through that mm -hmm. journaling exercise, there are times where we start having a conversation with people. And even though a lot of times it's people that you're meeting for the first time, 
we've established this safe space where people feel so comfortable talking to each other because they just went through the same experience mm-hmm. together. And then we mm-hmm. close the class with a meditation. So that's why I feel like Liberate is so perfect for anyone who still feels intimidated by mental health and wellness, but wants to try something in a safe space and in the place where you're very got, you're very much guided by a leader and you don't have to kind of just guess yeah. what to do. Okay. I think yeah, it's very I, good I, that, I you know, like that is something the, that the, the, the is on the liberation space that you uh, work on. And it's because putting your intentions first would make it, you know, you said like right there, this like, is is a yoga and other type of programs, right? They there's yeah. So like will make you be more on focus, you know, when you have an intention rather than just going and still not know what you going for. Yeah, there's someone who's gonna guide you. And like you said, it's it's, it's good that people who might feel more intimidating about, you know, mental health and about wellness and um all this factor that, you know, sometimes it gets scary when you have someone to guide you, but at the same time you have an intention while you're there. I think that is like, and then, which is more exciting is like you have others who are feeling the same way. So you're not feeling intimidating at the end of everything because everything, everyone's going through the same path. You know, I have this intention I want to work on. And I'm coming and then like, that's when like everybody is connecting. It's like, we're going to do it. If it's not, you're not by yourself. We all together. Exactly. So Kat, one of the things that I, uh, you know, kind of like one of the last questions that I have for you is that how can mindfully, we can talk about mental health and start the path of acceptance. You know, we have said how to take the first step. Doesn't matter how, like what part of your journey or why you're going through how your the first step should be, um, which is, you know, I'll say like an easy first step, you know, to then let to continue. I mean, not that easy because it takes time for you to do evaluation and see what you're looking for and then how you actually like your emotions, your feelings. Um, but when we talk about mental health, sometimes, like you said, there's this language that sometimes it is not mindfully within the mental health. Sometimes when we try to have this conversation and we want to have it with someone that at this point, I said had open, you know, about their mental health journey, but we don't know how mindfully do it because that hasn't been a way that, you know, in our community that hasn't been like, the conversation hasn't been out for so long that sometimes we don't know what are the right words or the wrong words for me to go tell you. Does that make sense? Like if someone tells me, you know, I'm having mental health, some people might just say like, it's the local, you know, like those things that we know words can hurt someone. And when someone has that, um, you know, the, to go and open with you, how mindfully, the conversation needs to be for me to, in this case, help you if I don't understand you. And how can we start together that path of acceptance? Because within this community, 
the acceptance of having a mental issue or going through therapy is not there yet. So first of all, I think we need to normalize it. We, Mm -hmm. it's the most important thing and we have to stop shaming people for going through Mm -hmm. either depression, anxiety, whatever people are going through, because at some point or another, every single person is going to feel anxious or sad or Mm -hmm. maybe depressed. And I think we need to remember that one, everyone goes through something, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. has a journey. Everyone has ups and downs. And when you keep that in mind, you become more humble, right? Second of all, mm-hmm. we have to remember that we are not professionals. So mm-hmm. it is not our place to ever give medical advice. So making sure that we mm-hmm. draw a clear distinguish in that and making sure that whatever we do share, right, we're sharing our perspective based on our personal experience or based on the research that we've done. But mm-hmm. I think being mindful of that. And then third, understanding that people are all unique and understanding that mm-hmm. what works for you is not going to work for your sibling or your family or a friend, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. So understanding that everything has to be customized to who we are and what we need. And I mm-hmm. think those things are very important. And again, whenever we do talk to someone, it's important not to point fingers and to be very mindful of the words that we're saying. You know, if someone Mm -hmm. is coming to you, it's because they trust you. And if you start offending Mm -hmm. them, not only do you break that trust, but also you start making that person question whether or not they should open up about this with anyone Mm -hmm. else. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's really damaging. Mm -hmm. So if someone already feels like they could open up to you, your place, your number one priority is to listen. Before giving any sort Mm -hmm. of advice, you are there to listen to every single thing that person has to say. And then you ask for consent before giving advice. Mm -hmm. You don't just throw advice out there if it's not asked Mm -hmm. for. You ask, is it okay if I give you my opinion or my perspective, are you okay with mm-hmm. them? Because if they say no, if they don't want it, maybe they just want someone to hear them out. Maybe this is the first mm-hmm. time that they're expressing everything that they're going through, you know? So I think those are the most important things. And always remember that words could be very powerful. So mm-hmm. we could either use them to build someone up or to tear someone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I completely agree, especially when you said like, when someone comes in up and up, we should listen because sometimes we're just quick to jump and tell you, you, oh, no te sientas así. you know what I mean? Like, oh, don't worry. Everything, everything's going to be okay. First, I think that that should be normalized and we should know that sometimes when people are open up to us or places to listen and wait and later, like you said, ask for consent. You know, te puedo dar un consejo. If they say no, just leave it at that. You know, sometimes, like you said, some people don't want to. They just want to desahogarse. They just want to go to someone that they trust, that they know they can trust. And that's why I said, you know, like sometimes when, when we talk about mental health, a veces within your family, 
wedding or community, there's this palabras that get stuck in the head, you know? Esas son las palabras que más duelen. And that's why having a mindfully conversation about mental health, about the first step, about, you know, your family member, or even like, you know, if you're not, you know, if you know someone's going through it, you shouldn't be mentioning someone else, you know, like, oh, esa persona me vino a decir, oh, you know, no please way. don't. <laughs> of please course don't, not. You know? and, no. Yeah. There was something that you said earlier too, mm -hmm. that if someone comes and opens up to you, you shouldn't say, no, don't feel that way. And I think mm -hmm. what you said is so important because you can't tell someone that what they're feeling is wrong. You know, mm -hmm. you are not that person. And a lot of times you're right. A lot of people are like, oh, mm -hmm. you should not feel that way. It's not a big deal. Oh, you're being dramatic. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're overly sensitive. Oh, you're crazy. All of these words, but you are not that person. You don't know mm -hmm. what that person is thinking or feeling or experiencing. Every person's mm -hmm. feelings or experiences are validated because they are that mm -hmm. person's. They are not yours. Yep. They're not yours to say mm -hmm. yes or no. They are not yours to validate. They are already validated. Mm -hmm. It is a fact for that person. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that also needs to be clarified. Like no one is coming to you for validation. They're coming to you for mm -mm. support. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I really appreciate, you know, coming, you know, to explain that because it's like, like I said, we often just talk in a community, just we don't know how to mindfully reply, you know. I feel because of the lack of conversation and how we, like I told you, we minimize you know, our mental health, when we minimize the mental health problems of others and we just send that is a quickly, you know, como se llama? Una respuesta facilita, rapidita, you mm -hmm. know? But you don't understand that sometimes, like I said, you know, but I said, oh, don't, don't feel that way. The don't feel that way, maybe to you will be like, hey, para que no se sienta mal, you know? To Maybe to you, but to them, it's like, what I'm feeling is not valid. Like maybe like, what am I going through? Like if, if I'm I wrong, if something happened to me, that's what is going through the other person. And, it, I, and this is just me saying, you know, because I don't know the other person, you know, like I, I will feel that way. If someone tells me if I'm actually going through a very hard time and someone telling don't feel that way. And I'll be like, well, how you want me to feel? Like, you know, like you start questioning and while me questioning while going through that, it, I think it will make it worse. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but do you, um, you know, Kat, I really appreciate your time. I This conversation, I can go on with you. <laughs> You're so, like, you know, happy. And I, I feel like I learned so much, you know, from your conversation. Um, is there anything you want to say before closing? I know you wanted to say about, like, the, the, the studio part. Yes. First of all, Alejandra, thank you so much for holding this space. And I think you are such a great host and I think your listeners are getting so much value from what you're doing. So please continue doing this because I know that you are changing lives in your own way. And I think that's very special. And to all of the listeners, I'm going to give two quick shout outs, if that's okay. The first, yes, one, go ahead. <laughs> the first one is to my nonprofit, the Manos Con Amor. So we empower 
students and women in Central America, specifically in Honduras, to break the cycle of poverty. So if anyone is interested in learning more about our cause, please visit us. And I'm sure, Alejandra, you could include the link at the bottom. Yeah. So please make sure contact us. We always love connecting with other people who care about this cause. And then the second one related to this topic, as Alejandra mentioned, I do lead classes at Liberate Studio. So if anyone is interested in coming to a class, please DM me. I would love to have you. And that is all for me. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you, Kat, for, you know, coming, you know, to talk with me also because Kat was the one who reached me out to talk about this and look after months you know everything we planned so I'm really happy um, and yes please visit the Manos Comar like I said Kat already said it everything you all the listeners know everything will be linked down below that way you can dm cat personally go visit them on more you know all like she does amazing work in her instagram and everything so you can benefit not only from the you know from the liberation but from her honestly insightful tips about business sorry insightful <laughs> tips about business and but no thank you cat and you know sadly cat will not be with us in the panel but you can reach out to her and if you want to continue the conversation. But thank you so much, Kat. I really appreciate your time and thank you for coming with all the steps and about how to take the first step. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun and we will definitely stay connected. Yeah, definitely. If you'd like to support this podcast and my work, you can donate through our website or become a patron. Don't forget to check our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Follow us on Instagram at Simtime Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Simtime Voices Pod. Like and follow our Facebook page where you can join the Central American Voices Facebook group. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're going to continue sharing these episodes as a video format. But don't forget to come back for our next episode.